When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout, and the stands. Jürgen, you said in your programme notes that it doesn't appear to get too high after good wins or too low after disappointing <laughs> Was there a big difference today compared to some? Yeah, of course there was a difference. Things clicked tonight, which a couple of things didn't click on Sunday. Um, Man United defended even. I'm not sure I'm allowed to talk about what they did, to be honest, because um, everybody's then really going for you. Know, I'm not sure I want to have that. So it was just uh, we played against a deep defending opponent on Sunday. It was most difficult thing in football. We scored, we shot anyway 30 odd times on the goal and didn't hit it because of some good goalie saves and sometimes because of decision our decision making was not great. Tonight we scored in these moments. Um, sometimes the difference is an inch on the foot of a player if the ball goes in or not, and that happened tonight with Dom's one nil. But left and right of this of this goal. The difference was not too big. We were dominant and didn't score in all the other moments. Um, and then second half, we did it because we. I think Tunia was Curtis, was it? Tunia was Curtis, I think, uh, through the legs. Yeah. So, yeah, cheeky, but you need luck. Um, and I don't know exactly what was three nil. Was it already more? Three nil. Cody. Cody, One, wonderful goal. But again, similar situations in the game. This, this is a shot from Cody, which is really special, and um, I, I like that a lot. Um, but completely composed, no rush, just get in a position, finish it off. Really difficult for the goalie. So these are the differences. Um, besides that, it's a different game. We had um, a lot of really good performances tonight, I have to say. Individually, the performances was in general probably better than in the, in the game on Sunday. Where we were not exactly, um, didn't play exactly the same football, but it's, it's how it is. And tonight it was one of these nights where you really could enjoy the game from first to from start to finish because it was just a really good performance in all departments. Um, and so it was difficult for West Ham, obviously, and um, we won the game and everything is good. Go see. Yeah, was just asking about Kersh, so obviously a little bit of uh, momentum. No, he looked even better, to be honest, because he added in his game the acceleration with the ball, which is uh, thriving the ball, which is really important. You cannot do that against each opponent, but there are, not, there are some opponents where you can do it when you pass the first line and you play, all play then you have to go with the ball and the, the, the second goal, his second goal is obviously um, now a crazy goal because that you go pretty much towards uh, what was the penalty spot from where he scored. That's pretty rare, but this is an important thing for him to do. Um, and yes, it was a really good game. Looked super fresh, which is probably
probably not surprising because he didn't now play thousands of minutes in recent weeks. Um, but in general, the performance was just good. I mean, Harvey interpreted, uh, thankfully, the, the role as a right winger completely different to Mo, which is important because nobody should play it like Mo. If Mo is not there, we have to we have to play to our skill set, and that's what Harvey did. It was top. Dom looked really, really good. Mataro looked really good, and that's the engine room of the team. It's this in, in, in midfield. I mean, these boys are defensively there and offensively cheeky. Then you have um, Cody. Really good game, and Darwin is this threat for him behind. A bit unlucky again with the post, but besides that, a really good game. And then last line, they, that was a tricky game. You all know, the, um, because our pressing was pretty good, of course. And they have long balls as well. And how we defended the first, maybe not that surprising with the boys we have there. But then the second ball was just really good. So we were ready for these hectic moments, ball in the air, and then bring it down. And then from there we can play. Oh, that was all good. What can I say? That was really good tonight. I'm really happy about that. The boys we brought on, real impact, really good. Um, could change early, which is helpful as well. Um, and now we recover and go again. Neil Jones. We can play that, there's no doubt. Uh. So for us, it's just important that we have that different opportunities. Uh, we, we, when we start like this, like we start today, then um, obviously if then two players who are probably more, a little bit more dropping in a 10 position, but if you have then Dom on the other side who's and Joey who offers then these runs in behind, then it's all fine again. So for Darwin, it's not important if he starts in the center or left and stuff like this. I thought he did really well tonight. So he defended on that side. He was. Uh, a real handful again, so I, I, I like that. I know um, <laughs> we are, I think, so uh, in a moment second in the league, which is not, not that bad, but because you have to talk every day about us, you make stories up, and all of a sudden, from everything is fine after nil nil, we start discussing who is not scoring and the front line is not firing and stuff like this. If I would read all these things, I, I, I get told sometimes that it's a story and then I look at the headlines and just think, oh my God, um, I really feel for you all that you have to make these stories up. For us, it's obviously not. We are just trying to be as good as we can with all our human weaknesses, what we have. And um, so far, it was not that bad. Tonight, it was really good. But for Saturday, we have to step up Another 40, 50, 60 percent. Arsenal is incredibly strong, um, and yeah, difficult opponent. We just try to make sure we are difficult as well. Mike, yeah, when, when you get close to, to Wembley, um, to a cup final, you close to it. How, how does it change the feeling of the season and the club, uh, around the club? I would say we talk after the semi-final about about being close. So semi-finals are two games, so I, um, it's not about that. But we know we were in Wembley two years ago or so, twice. Oh, the semi-final FA Cup is in Wembley as well. So we were a lot of times there, let me say like that. And it's a great stadium, it's a wonderful place to be. So yes, we want to go there. I think everybody saw that tonight, want to qualify. But um, at the moment, we don't even know who we play. I mean, it's at the moment not important because between now and then, a lot of games to play. It's really, 
it's a tough period. Spoke before the game with David about it for them as well. So it's it's really a tough period, and I'm really happy we could show a performance like we did tonight. Um, but I have to say, it's long ago that I said it. But I thought in the first half a little bit when when the boys played really exceptional, I was not overly happy. I have to say it now with the, with the atmosphere behind me. I don't know. I don't. I asked people, what do we want? So we change a lot of things. We dominate West Ham like crazy. We miss chances, and I. I if I would be in a stand, I would be on my toes, but 1,000%. And I don't know if the Man United game was that bad that we have to say, oh, sorry that we, can, that we didn't smash them. Um, we need Enfield on Saturday. Without Enfield, I would say, after they didn't play this week, just to make sure I know, sorry, they didn't play. They prepare for this game, and who knows a little bit about them, they will be prepared. So we need Enfield on their toes from the first second without me get having an argument with the opposition coach whatever we need you from the first second so if you really want if it's too much football in december i don't know sorry we have to play it as well but if you are not in the right shape give your ticket to somebody else no the negativity was in, was around us and the stadium not just not the excitement i felt about the, the performance. I thought it's a performance you really can enjoy. So many good performances, just uh, so many good individual performances, so many challenges to celebrate, stuff like this. But we were only 1-0 up and had a game where we had a lot of shots and didn't score. So I thought we could. But if, if it's warming up for Saturday, I'm happy. Last one here. Lucho is top, top, top player and is, uh, pretty much starts all the time, I would say. But we have to make changes and today um, it was more, more or less we rested him because from a specific moment on the game it looked like we will not need him um, for this game. Um, but then a few minutes getting for rhythm is good as well, but uh, I expect just Lucho being Lucho, that's all. Boss, we just got the job. Matt, you want to do the last one? You want to ask? You don't want to ask me already about the final, do you? No, just on the ah, okay, good. Yeah, that's tough enough. It looks like it will be a spectacular, two spectacular games. The last one was pretty spectacular. I think, and funny enough, we spoke about that before the game with David as well. So Fulham is extremely well set up, which we felt here, which then West Ham felt as well a few days later. We're really unlucky, I would say, against Newcastle. Saw that a little bit with the red card and stuff like this. It, you could have seen that differently, to be honest. I'm not sure I would have given that that card, to be honest. I know how it looks in the first moment, but then you look again at it and I wouldn't have probably not given it. Um, but they're really strong, to be honest. Really good team and they want to go to Wembley as well. So we will feel that. Where do we play first? Is that already as well? First leg, Fulham. There. Okay, good. So, yeah, we have a few weeks until we play them, right? What is it? Uh, two, three weeks? Yeah. Good. 
the Kviv is, that's the next thing. So in, we all want Kviv to make the next step. And the summer was a lot of rumors, stuff like this. Do we have to let him go, stuff like that. We then said, no, we cannot. We just can't. We need first a, a solution for us. And we are really happy with Kviv. But Kviv, he performed for us on incredible high levels, an exceptional goalkeeper. Yeah, and he conceded a few goals where he could have saved. If he has more rhythm, if he's a, I'll say a bit more lucky, I said I spoke to Ali about these situations. Ali said it's just if he, if he makes that the way we play, we make the step into it. Ali would make that as well. If he would stand, then he can save the ball. So these situations, that was for, against Fulham, for example. So that's the situation. Nothing else. He's a fantastic goalie, and um, we are really happy um, to have him. The post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. The best performance for a number of weeks for Liverpool in the League Cup at home to West Ham. And like everything in football, there's been a little bit of an overreaction to the performance against Manchester United in the in the Premier League. Liverpool obviously drawing nil-nil at home. And it was disappointing uh, on-ball performance from Liverpool. But I think in the bigger picture of things, when you actually break down that Manchester United game in isolation, Liverpool were very good without the ball. United were second best in all departments in terms of being able to possess the ball and hurt Liverpool in any way, really. So the first part of the game, Liverpool got really right throughout the course of the 90 minutes. They had a 10-minute spell where Liverpool changed shape a little bit. Manchester United came into the game a little bit more and, and had one or two chances. But on the whole, it was such a dominant performance. Now, where Liverpool struggled, however, was in possession of the ball in the final third. We know that Liverpool created say, 34 chances, whatever it was. However, never really made the clean-cut chances which would have seen them win the game. And when you factor in today's fixture against West Ham, I mean, Liverpool have probably taken, I think I'm correct in saying, over 60 shots over the course of two games. And really, I think they've limited to the opposition to under 10 shots at their own goal. Now, they're two dominant performances in terms of out of possession, limiting the opposition and dominating the, the football match, really. And if you're posting them kinds of numbers over a sustained period of time or even in, in, in a game in isolation, nine times out of ten, you're going to come out on the right side of the result. But unlike Manchester United, Liverpool were very good when they actually possessed the ball in this particular game. And what I mean by that, when Liverpool were able to enter the final third, it was night and day compared to the Manchester United game. I've been critical of Liverpool away from home in the way they've sped the game up too early, not been patient enough, not played the extra pass, not worn the opposition's legs out, and ultimately played too vertically too early, which has meant that a lot of away games that Liverpool are in don't resemble a basketball match, but they're too end-to-end than Liverpool would like, meaning that the outcome or Liverpool being able to obtain a successful outcome in the game is in the balance because Liverpool are then susceptible to quick counter-attacks, but also because they're not able to ring-fence the opposition into their own half because they then surrender the ball too early. That means that they can't sustain attacks, so it's twofold. But that wasn't the case in these last two particular games. It's just the actual quality of Liverpool on the ball in the final third was much, much different Obviously, you can factor in the opposition in that as well. I suppose you have to take that into account. Manchester United were much more disciplined, harder to break down, and ultimately had more men behind the ball than West Ham. But you can only put a beat, sorry, what's put in front of you. And 
Weird as I mentioned all the things that Liverpool did wrong in terms of playing too early, being impatient, all these kind of things. Liverpool were totally different in that respect against West Ham today. The ability to circulate the ball in the final third, play the extra pass, wear down the opposition's legs, wait for the right movements, have a mixture of different, you know, whether they wanted to to play into the front man, whether they wanted to bounce it off and whether they wanted to go on the outside of the game, whether they, they had runners in behind. Liverpool's variation and adaptability in that final third and the problems they were able to cause West Ham because they had better control and not rush their possession within them areas meant that ultimately they just created much better chances and were able to win the game quite comfortably. And I think two players, and I've mentioned them before, who really help in this regard are Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones because within Liverpool's squad, they are standouts in terms of ball retention in the final third. They're able to make the correct choices in possession more often than not. And that ability to be able to ring-fence the opposition in their own half, to be able to sustain attacks, is absolutely paramount when you play inside, you're away from home and looking to surrender that space that's in front of you. And I think it's difficult, as I mentioned on one of the podcasts a few weeks ago, for Elliot at this moment in time, because I think he's a top, top player, a top technician who can play round, over or through you. He's got great variety in the way he can pick passes. and such an intelligent player in terms of link-up. But the issues he's had is, and still has at this moment in time, is Liverpool's best player plays on the right-hand side of the attack, where Elliot's operated today, and also Dominic Sabozlai who's been Liverpool's best midfield player and is no doubt a class footballer, there's no question about that, is also at this moment in time operating in that right-sided channel in terms of the midfield three. Which means that Sabozlai has to either be moved to the left-hand side to accommodate Elias as part of that midfield three or Elias that misses out. And it's such an, an infancy in his career, OK, he's you know, coming off the bench making, making impacts and stuff like that. But I think Liverpool, like I mentioned before, have got a top player on their hands and his inclusion today... I felt was really paramount. He was creative with the ball, but also, again, that intelligence to be able to secure the ball under pressure and find the right passes. Likewise, his teammate Curtis Jones. I've talked about this player a lot over the, the months and over the last couple of years, really, about being an absolute top talent, and I have no question about it. The, his ability to be able to retain the ball, as I've mentioned, but it's not just that when he plays for Liverpool. He gives the Liverpool midfield more balance. He's excellent out of possession, He's an athletic monster in terms of covering ground, in terms of being able to press the ball, close distances, and ultimately just have that security in possession, which means that Liverpool can sustain attacks. And I thought he was outstanding today. And what we also seen from him, which is something we've, he's had to add to his game, because I, I do believe he's massively got it in his locker, to be able to do more in that final third, to make the last pass, to make the last action or the last decisive shot. And today... Um, we obviously know that from his, his youth career in which he was a standout in terms of being able to travel with the ball, in terms of being able to influence the outcome of games. And we've seen that today as well. So when he, if he can start doing that on a regular basis, which I believe he can, then Liverpool have got a real player on their hands, a real midfield player on their hands, because everything you'd want in terms of being able to retain the ball, his physicality, his strength, his intelligence when he actually is able to receive it, coupled with the fact that he can then add aspects to his game in the final third which he's yet to do at professional level on a consistent basis mean that for me he has to play in Liverpool's best midfield I've said it for a number of weeks Liverpool have good players in that midfield there's no question about that but him as that inside left player within the midfield three 
especially if we're talking about you know Alexis McAllister not being fit at this moment in time and Liverpool not really having a deeper player in which obviously McAllister Alexis then plays in the deeper position for me Jones is a first pick in that inside left channel when Liverpool don't have him in the team the results suffer the performances suffer the balance of the team suffer and that's borne out by the the statistics since he came into this role since Liverpool switched system into a, a four a four with the boxing midfield in possession and obviously having the three up top as well so ultimately the 3-4-3 three, three. Jones able to play in them higher areas receive the ball in pockets of space which he's been used to in youth career and be able to press the ball high knowing that he's got that extra, extra security should I say of that extra body in midfield that was previously not available within Liverpool's previous 4-3-3 which didn't really suit him in that regard but no uh, really, in terms of them two players in particular, Liverpool all play, uh, all Liverpool played well today in terms of the players. I thought the distances were excellent out of possession, the attack really well, the choices were really well. But sometimes these connecting players can make a big, big difference and I felt both of them did today. And I'd be expecting to see Curtis Jones start in that midfield and hopefully over the next couple of weeks he, get, he gets that, that run back in the team and Liverpool's results and performances start to pick up as a, as a result, which I don't question. If he's selected, I suppose the interesting part will be who plays in the front line against Arsenal. With Darwin Nunes staying on the pitch for 90 minutes, you would imagine that he's the player to miss out. It was interesting today that he started on the left-hand side of attack. I felt he had a, a really good game. And I've mentioned this before. I'm not going to go into him too much today on this podcast because I feel like I've done it a million times. But if you're generating that many opportunities for others and you're getting into positions, it, it, he's almost a magnet in the final third. And once them, them opportunities start to be taken at a rate of even, say, 50% of the amount of chances or opportunities that he gets or he creates, then I, I've mentioned before about how important he could be to Liverpool. And I feel like he's going to be it'd potentially be the one to make way in terms of the lineup against Arsenal. And I know he can be a massive threat from the bench, a massive weapon to have. But I'd really like to see him retain his place in, in, in that central role for Liverpool. I just think with Liverpool's new system, the way they set up, he's perfect for it in terms of staying away from the ball and creating threat and occupying the two centre-halves. As it was, like I said, he played off the left-hand side, Gakpo played off the middle. And what that says to me is that Klopp does not see Gakpo as a wide player. I think throughout Klopp's career, we know what kind of profile Klopp likes and then wide players, the, the ability to hug the touchline, the ability to stretch playing behind. Ultimately, a more... A more, how can we say, um, explosive player than Gakpo is. So Klopp definitely sees him as that inside player. Now couple that with the fact that I'm just thinking, was it a factor today that Darwin Nunes potentially played on the left because Elliot was on the right and he didn't want two players who were more inclined to come towards the ball in Gakpo and Elliot either side, and whether it was just a temporary measure for this game. And I hope it is. Darwin Nunes played well, but he's more effective in that central role where ultimately his movement has has more options and he's not limited to being able to play from one side and make runs from one side, if you like. So it'll be interesting in terms of the forward line. But that was the final point today. Excellent performance from Liverpool and standout performance from Curtis Jones. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 5-1 win against West Ham. Uh, in the Carabao Cup. I watched this one in downtown Sydney, Australia. And if you're in that part of the world looking for coverage of a Liverpool game, then the bar I was at is called Cheers in George Street. And it's a great option because 
the Carabao Cup is on being in sports in Australia and not everybody has that channel. So I went there the day before and they assured me that they'd have it. And it's 7am kickoff here in Sydney. So there was a good 50 people who arrived for the game, West Ham fans and Liverpool fans. It was a, it was a good crowd. Some of them have been out all night. <laughs> Most of us had not. But yeah, if you're in Sydney, that's a good part of town to watch. And it was a good reason to get up early, wasn't it, for Liverpool fans? Um, I enjoy Carabao Cup because it's a good opportunity to see um, you know, players we don't always see. And, you know, once again, I was, I was pleased with what Endo did. Nothing too spectacular, but he is... Although he does get shoved off the ball a bit, he is strong and he can hold his own. He actually... He actually wins a lot of free kicks, doesn't he? Because perhaps because of his build. Um, but again, I think he, he did a good job, and that was that was nice to see. Um, goals were a big highlight, weren't they? And I, I, you know, in the in the very few occasions where I've been <laughs> with and played with and been around professional footballers, it's interesting watching the strikers because you know in five sides and and. Uh, in training, it's just bottom corner, bottom corner, bottom corner, metronomic stuff. And when you look at Cody Gakpo's finish and also Domja Bosley's finish, you know, I'm really pleased they went bottom corner. Top corner spectacular, but bottom corner does the business. So Bosley's shot was great technique, wasn't it? The shape of the ball in the air was fabulous. He, he put that broadside foot on it and it was a knuckleball connection it wasn't it didn't brush the ball there was no it didn't revolve around its own axis in the air so it took a an unpredictable flight um but <laughs> just so difficult for the goalkeeper to judge as a result and uh, sure enough bottom corner gak pose was more deliberate and um you know it, it's really nice to see him be mature enough to pick out that bottom corner and not go for the spectacular and just make sure we get the goal um <laughs> Curtis Jones, uh, the goalkeeper, should have stopped his first goal. But that second goal reminded me a little bit of Bobby Firmino. Uh, that, that goal where he sort of ran through the middle of the penalty area and people were just falling over and jumping out of his way and not able to make a challenge. Really nice stuff. Um, very satisfying to him, for him, I should say, to you know, come in the side on an irregular basis but then perform well as he does whenever he's given the opportunity. I thought Harvey Elliott had a good game as well. Um, as, as he always says, shows great attitude. It's really good to have those two in the squad because they do show tremendous attitude, even though they are not sort of um, permanent first-choice members of the first 11. But, yeah, excellent, excellent to have them in the squad. Um, good that Mo Salah keeps scoring. Um, I don't think we worry too much about the open goal he put away. Nunez watch... Oh, I think a lot about Darwin Nunez, as maybe you do as well. I'm not sure if I'm too harsh on him at times. He he still does make my eyes roll from time to time. And, you know, listening to the chatter in the bar, there was lots of, actually a lot of negative comments about him, you know, offside. And one thing I noticed about him today, and I have noticed this before, but I don't think I've mentioned it, is that in Asia, where I live, I live in Singapore, we, we have this phrase... Um, a bus stop when you play mahjong which is like a tile game a bit like a card game when it's your go if you're very slow in making a decision about what hand you're going to play then they call you a bus stop and he's a bit of a bus stop when Liverpool move the ball fluidly around 
you know, and it looks impressive because the first time passes and the ball's whizzing around. Quite often when it comes to him, everything stops. You know, he, he takes a touch and holds on to the ball, then looks up and tries to figure out where to play it. That happens quite a bit. I'm not saying it's necessarily to our detriment. I haven't yet seen uh, anything too bad happen as a result of that, but it doesn't quite seem in sync with what the rest of the players are doing at times. Uh, but there were some good touches, some good passes. He, he played in Mo Salah, I think it was, at one point. And, um, you know, he, he, he certainly didn't look out of place. But uh, he would want to have got on the score sheet when Liverpool have scored scored five goals, I think. Um, but playing down the left-hand side, he continued to, you know, cause trouble and cause panic. And maybe that's um, the significant part of his role that we look for when he's, when he's playing down that side. At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.